Welcome. You're listening to Janesville Mobilizing for Change's Together for Change podcast, your source for local substance abuse prevention matters in Janesville and Rock County. Here's your host, Aaron Davis. Good morning and thank you for joining us. This is Aaron Davis, your host for Together for Change. I would like to welcome Jessica Loker, the Associate Director of Everyone Cooperating to Help Others, or ECHO. Thank you for joining us, Jessica. Um, So today I'd like to discuss with you the impact that COVID has had on your agency and your clients and how ECHO has adapted to meet the needs of the people that you serve. So Jessica, can you start by telling us about ECHO, the locations and the services that you've historically offered? Yeah. Um, So we are located at 65 South High Street in Janesville, Wisconsin. We do have um, office space available to us for appointments only um, down in Beloit at Community Action. Um, but we are well known for being a food pantry. We provide food in Janesville um, from 9 to 11, Monday through Friday. We um, also provide many other um, services such as housing and homeless services. Um, those services are available by appointments. Um, and you can call 608-754-5333 for accessing those services right now. Um, some of those services are um, emergency rental assistance for those who are behind on their rent due to maybe a car repair, medical um, situation, um, any documentable reason why you're behind on rent. Um, could possibly assist you with that to make sure that you can maintain your housing. If for some reason um, prevention services um, aren't enough and you do become homeless, we do have an emergency motel voucher program where we can provide anywhere um, from four to six weeks worth of lodging at a local motel. We do those um, do our lodging program though on a weekly basis. We create an action plan with you um, of short and long-term goals that need to be um, completed in order to get the next week's worth of lodging with our end goal to get you into housing with hopefully one of our rapid rehousing programs where we can assist um, homeless individuals and families um, with a little bit longer-term rental assistance program um, so they can get stable in their housing um, so they don't fall back into homelessness. We did take over um, last year um, from NAMI of Rock County, the PATH program. So we are able to do street outreach um, to individuals and families with severe and persistent mental illness um, who are homeless with our end goal of getting them back into housing. What does the street outreach portion look like? Um, So we actually have um, two staff members that go out um, two to three times a week um, during different times of the day, um, morning, afternoon, and evening, um, and go to um, basically search for the homeless, um, trying to get them connected to the PATH program, um, and hopefully get them into some sort of um, housing situation as quickly as possible. Um, If we're unable to get them into housing right away, we at least want to make sure that their other basic needs are being met with food and personal hygiene products. Um, So... Um, the staff goes out and connects them to services, connects, connects them with case management, and hopefully end game getting into housing. And is that something that you can help a lot of people with, or is there very limited capacity for sheltering folks that you find that uh, through the street outreach program? Um, 
I would say the housing, like into like a motel voucher program from our street from our street outreach, is very minimal. Our end game is to actually get them into um, an apartment, so we're able to assist them with other grants to get them into housing. Um, we do work closely with the local shelters to try to get them into the shelters. Um, we have very limited motel voucher availability right now, so we unfortunately can't always get them into our emergency motel voucher um, program, but we do try to work with um, the other local shelters and try to find them um, an apartment as quickly as possible. That's very neat. Um, and I, I kind of interrupted you because I was really curious about that program, but um, you were telling us about the rest of the services that you have. Yeah, so actually gearing from that and helping people search for housing, we were actually funded by United Way Blackhawk Region um, in July of 2019 for a housing navigator. So we have a housing navigator that assists um, our past clients, our multi vulture clients, um, and our rapid rehousing clients with finding um, housing that meets their um, program eligibilities. Um, and their financial needs. So that's a new um, program that we also have, um, really trying to make the services here at ECHO being a one-stop shop um, of services. We also have some other supportive services uh, that we provide. Um, we actually are gearing up for school supply distribution um, with COVID-19 um, um, being around right now. We are modifying um, the way that we're doing that. We're doing a drive-through style and we'll be modifying um, some of our supply lists because um, it will be hybrid schooling system. Um, so we'll, we'll still be doing that, but it just look a little bit different this year. So we also provide, yeah. Yeah, let's, oh, let's yeah. talk about COVID. And uh, I mean, it, it sounds like it's interrupted the school distribution, but I'm sure it's interrupted so much more than that. Um, so how has COVID interrupted all of the work that you do? What are you doing differently? What can't you do at all? Yeah, so when um, the Sacred Home Order was um, enacted um, earlier um, in March, um, we really had to think of how we were providing our services to our clients to ensure that the staff um, and our volunteers who we rely on um, immensely um, and our clients make sure that we're all um, being safe um, so we can still be able to provide those services to our clients in need. So we, um, on I believe it was March 16th, we adapted the way that we started providing services. The first change was made that all of the doors to our building are locked and screening for services um, are being completed over the phone. So this was even clients before without- the governor shut down. When, when things um, really started um, talking about um, how um, people can really be affected and get and be sick for a long time, we definitely wanted to make sure um, that we were taking care of our clients and our volunteers um, and making sure that our staff is able to be there for our clients um, who um, were going to be affected by anything that happened with COVID. Um, we have a very small staff, um, so if one of us went down, it probably would have took down more of us um, because we're um, all very um, close here at ECHO. Um, So yeah, so we locked our building down and everything um, went over the phone. Um, Clients without a phone um, were able to meet with um, ECHO staff um, by appointment, um, and we provided personal protective equipment for those um, clients. 
Um, our staff and volunteers um, are all wearing personal protective equipment when we are around others. Um, so when a client, let's say they came in for food, um, they would call us. They would let us know what parking stall they're in. We took over the angled parking um, across the street from us and um, numbered, number those during our food pantry time. So they let us know what parking stall they're in. And then we um, have went to pre-packed food orders um, based on household size. Um, so they don't have to be waiting um, that long um, for their food order, um, which is especially very important right now during summer months. Um, we don't want people sitting in their cars in 90-plus degree humid or weather. So we went to 105 pre- degrees like it was yesterday. <laughs> Um, so that's all really innovative, but I have a question. Does this, um, it sounds like it's maybe a little bit slower. Has it slowed down the, or decreased the number of people that you're able to serve with food orders? No, actually it has not slowed down the number because we are pre-packing. So food orders are ready. Normally, um, it would take pre-COVID, it would take probably about an hour for your whole time here at Echo. You would come in, you would check in, you'd go see a client advocate, and then your food order would be packed, and it would be customized to you. Um, with the pre-packing, um, it probably from your phone call of talking to a client advocate, making sure that we have all the correct information, making other referrals that you may need that we can't provide services for, um, and getting the food to your car is probably taking 15, 20 minutes. Oh, so this is, you could probably, if with the right capacity, you could serve even more people potentially. Potentially, if we have enough food supply, yes. Right. Yep. Um, We did see with um, COVID-19, we did see a decrease in our food orders, though, um, because of the extra um, food share availability um, and um, the extra... um, I believe the school district sent out money um, on EBT cards for households who qualified for free and reduced lunch. So for those households, we did see a decrease. And now that those um, extra sources of um, food funding is, is gone, um, our food pantry numbers are going back up to um, normal um, numbers for the summer months. Um, we do expect, though, now that the... Um, extra $600 unemployment um, is, has ended. We do expect our numbers to increase. So um, since so March 16th, we have had over 200 new households or households that have, have not received services from ECHO in the last five years come and receive services from us. And I assume here you're not just talking about food services. You're also talking about rental services and things like that. Rental, I'm talking about all of our services, yeah. We've had over 200 new or returning households um, since March 16th. We do expect that number to increase um, through this fall um, as the numbers of those affected by COVID are increasing um, and with the um, unemployment ending. So are there any services that you're not able to do at all right now? Or have you been able to keep all of your services fully functional just in a different way? We are doing all of our services. Um, um, they're all completely functional, just in a different way. Um, we have bought headsets for all of our um, staff, so they can be on the phone um, all day while they're here. 
Um, so yeah, every service is accessible um, via phone. We have a sign out at the front that states, um, if you're in need of services, please call this number and a client advocate um, will be available to talk to them. Um, we are um, also upgrading our phone system um, within the next week to increase our phone line capacity um, so we can have more phone lines um, available for those in need because um, we do foresee um, our doors being locked still for a, at least until the end of September. Um, still, um, we want to make sure that the number of COVID cases um, are going down just because of our volunteer population is vulnerable. A lot of our volunteers are elderly, so we want to make sure that we're able to maintain their their safety while they're here providing um, food pantry services to our clients. Yeah, unfortunately, this is a situation that we just have to take day by day. We can't come up with hard dates and say, yes, we'll be open by this time, because truly, do we know? Yeah, yeah, we, we yeah, truly, yeah, we do not know. We initially were discussing um, mid mid-July, but then as the numbers um, weren't decreasing, um, we now um, have set um, September 30th as our next reassessment date for um, seeing if we will open or if we're going to keep the doors um, locked. So. Right. So are there, um, I know you mentioned that food had decreased for a short time there and now it's starting to spike back up, but are there any specific needs or services that have been identified as being greater and more prominent now that COVID has disrupted life as we know it? Um, our housing programs um, are very um, important and have been seeing um, increases, um, especially our emergency multi-voucher program. Um, there are um, many shelters here in our community, um, but because of COVID, they have um, quarantines um, or wait lists um, or they're not able to take new clients um, because of COVID right now. Um, so we have seen an increase in our motel voucher um, program for requests. Um, and then we are seeing um, when we were trying to place people into um, housing, into apartments, um, because of um, COVID, landlords weren't showing their apartments if they had available apartments just because of the, the risk of um, getting COVID. Um, we are now seeing them starting to show apartments, which is great. Um, so we can get people housed in an apartment. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to Community Action for their RAP program, which is also providing um, rental assistance to um, households who are affected by COVID-19, which is then um, allowing us to make sure that we can assist clients who are low income, who are not affected by COVID-19, but something else happened in their situation. Um, but when their RAP program at Community Action is over, we are expecting to see an increase in our prevention program for requests. Um, and I believe that RAP program is supposed to be ending um, around the end of October or if the funds get spent beforehand. Um, but um, they at Community Action have seen a huge um, number of requests. Um, so we are projecting um, when their program is over that we will also see a larger increase than we have already have seen here at ECHO, um, which we're also very grateful to a couple of our federal grants who um, have um, 
we've been able to provide extra funding um, so we can make sure that we're able to meet everybody's need. So I want to come back to this, um, Jessica. I want to talk about the funding and how that is affecting the clients that you serve. Um, we're going to take a really quick break to learn about the social host ordinance, and then we will be back with more information. Underage drinking is against the law. Hello, this is Rock County Sheriff Troy Knutson. Under Wisconsin state law, it is illegal for adults to provide a location for underage drinking parties, even in their own home. The first violation will cost you more than $450. Don't worry about being the popular parent. Be the responsible one. Those who host lose the most. This message brought to you by the Rock County Prevention Network. Right, so welcome back. Uh, just before our break, we were discussing how Echo has adapted to fit the current situation. Jessica was telling us about the, the RAP program through Community Action. Jessica, can you tell me what RAP stands for? RAP stands for Wisconsin Rental Assistance Program. And so this program is specific only to people that have been negatively impacted by COVID-19, right? That is correct, yes. Um, RAP program was provided um, to the community action agencies here in Wisconsin um, by the State Department of Administration. Is that the, the CARES Act funding, or is this a different pot of money? I believe, yes, it is from the CARES Act funding that the state received. Okay. So that money is going away, but you said that you've received additional federal funding. Um, can you talk about how this additional federal funding will affect the clients you serve in the future? So we here at ECHO have received additional um, federal funding from um, the CDBG program here in the city of Janesville, which is funded by HUD um, out in D.C. Um, we have received an additional $60,000 to be able to provide um, rent assistance to households um, who are struggling to pay their rent. Um, we are able to, with that funding source, able to actually provide up to two months worth of rental assistance instead of our normal one month that we do. Um, we also have received additional um, dollars from the Emergency Food and Shelter Program funding from FEMA to provide um, rental assistance and mortgage assistance um, for those that were affected by COVID. Um, there is also additional funding coming from the CARES Act to other agencies in Rock and Walworth County um, to be able to provide um, extra motel voucher funding um, and hopefully to increase um, shelter beds at shelters. And um, Community Action also will be receiving some extra prevention dollars um, to assist those um, with rent assistance in Rock and Walworth County. So, Jessica, ECHO is one of the few agencies in Janesville that provides services specifically to people who live in Janesville. And call me crazy, but $60,000 doesn't really sound like a whole lot of money. Um, I mean, it's, it's a good deal of money, yes, but when you're spreading that out and paying two months' rent for folks, that feels kind of like a struggle, and eventually you're going to hit that cap. We, we are um, in talks with... Um, other federal um, funding sources to receive more funding. Okay. Um, CDBG that I mentioned earlier, there is um, another pot of COVID money that is going to be available hopefully um, soon for applying for. So we're hoping to be able to apply for that. Um, plus, we are also um, in the midst of um, 
CDBG application periods for Janesville and Beloit. So we are increasing our requests for our normal um, allocations that we get in hopes that we will be able to get more so we can provide that assistance. Um, we also are working with um, a couple private donors for funding. Um, one of them, um, we've been working with the Janesville Immigration Task Force um, to, um, in hopes of raising funds for making sure that we can work with um, those who are immigrants who are affected by COVID-19. Um, and we have seen um, some nice donations coming in for that specific population. That's amazing um, we have, because the, the immigrants, they may not otherwise be eligible for federal assistance, correct? Correct, yeah. So that's, that's why we're to um, build that pot up so we can assist. Because um, we do have a very um, decent-sized um, um, population of immigrants who would not qualify for that funding source um, for, uh, from federal grants. Um, and you did mention that we're one of the sole um, agencies for providing services in Janesville. We actually provide um, rental assistance in all of Rock County. Now, um, we have um, funding sources that allow us to provide all over the county. So what do you see as likely future services and needs knowing the current public health crisis? Um, I guess it, it really sounds like housing is going to become the, the big thing to hold on to. Yeah, so I think housing, yes, is, the, is where we're going to see a large portion of um, our funding going towards to make sure people can stay housed. Um, we are also seeing with our food pantry um, need for um, delivery, um, and we are very grateful to Rock County Transportation for starting up um, delivery service for our food pantry. Um, on um, Thursdays, they come in and pick up um, food orders that are um, pre-registered for, um, and then they deliver them. Um, they have since passed that program on to the Retired Senior Volunteer Program. And that program will continue through the um, end of this year for sure. Okay. Um, so we're very grateful to them um, because it is allowing us to make sure that we're meeting the need for um, seniors and those that are disabled um, who are a vulnerable population um, when it comes to COVID-19. We want to make sure that they're safe and they're still able to get that food. Um, so that, is, I think, will be a program that we'll see an increase in, um, in usage this year. Um, but yeah, I think our housing is the biggest piece that is going to be requested and needed here in the community. And I think with all of the new apartment complexes, hopefully we can get people who are homeless housed quicker. So this is just speculation, but I think that your PATH program might see an increase in participants needing services. The prolonged trauma of this crisis, I would believe would increase that severe and persistent mental illness that you talked about your PATH program participants already suffering from? Oh, yeah, I definitely would believe that, yeah. Yeah, definitely think that we'll be seeing an increase in um, our contacts for our PATH program. Um, our grant contract requires um, that we contact at least 100 people, and just in this past year, we contacted, I believe, 120 different um, individuals um, and I definitely just based on the end of our contract year um, I definitely believe we'll hit that um, and definitely beat that probably by at least 50 to 70 households 
yeah. or individuals based on so we had our summer street count that echo participates in um and justin beloit um i believe we came in contact with um nine um individuals and i think more than half of them qualify for pass that seems like it's a high number yes yeah so i know you've already covered this but i'd just like to um real quick go over it again for anybody who's uh just jumping on now if somebody found themselves in need of echo services what are the steps they need to take what makes them eligible and where can they go to get assistance from echo um, so for our food pantry, they do need to live in Janesville, and they would come here to the office. Um, and when they get here, they'll pull in one of those planted parking stalls, and they'll call 608-754-5333. Our pantry is open from 9 to 11, so they need to come during those hours. And for their first time, they need to bring in a photo ID and a piece of mail dated the month that we're in or the previous month for us to come look at. Um, and then if they're in need of um, housing services, if they need motel vouchers, they're going to call us at that 608-754-5333 number. Um, and we will do a pre-screen with them over the phone. If they're in need of prevention um, rental assistance, they can call us and we can do a pre-screen application over the phone. Or they can go to our website, which is echojanesville.org and fill out the pre-screen online, and then a staff member will contact them um, to see if they're eligible for that service. We have multiple different funding sources for our rent assistance program, so we need that pre-screen to see if they qualify or not. Part of the qualifications is income eligibility and um, the apartment eligibility. But if they have questions about that, they can definitely just call us at 608-754-5333. Wonderful. And finally, what would you like listeners to take away today? Um, Just that ECHO is here um, with all of our services. Um, So if they need anything, please do not hesitate to call. Um, And if you are um, interested in um, volunteering, um, we do need um, volunteers still to assist us with our food pantry. And they can call and ask for Fran um, at 608-754-5333. Wonderful. So thank you everyone for joining us today for Together for Change. Please stay tuned for the next episode and have a great day.